You're listening to Talking Taiwan with your host, Felicia Lin. Hello and welcome to the Talking Taiwan podcast. I'm your host, Felicia Lin. Today we're going to be talking about the fourth annual Hello Taiwan concert, which happens every year at the Taiwan Center in New York. Concert starts at 6 and goes until 10. There's free admission for the first hour, then it's $10 after 7 p.m. This year, the organizers have decided that the funds raised will go to Typhoon Haiyan victims in the Philippines. Last year, they actually raised about $10,000 for the Breezy Point firemen who themselves were victims of Hurricane Sandy's when their houses were burned down. And the Breezy Point firemen were actually the first responders of the 9-11 terrorist attack. This year, there are four bands being featured in the Hello Taiwan concert. Fei Wu, Bikini Car Wash, Torpid May, The Underground Channel. And we have a band member, Andrew Watson, the guitarist of Fei Wu here today to talk to us about their participation in the concert. Welcome to the podcast, Andrew. Uh, thanks for having me. Great. Um, so, Andrew, could you tell me, how did Fei Wu get involved with the Hello Taiwan concert? Because this is the first year you guys are participating, right? Right. Well, I actually had played in another band here in New York called Coda Resistance, and uh, we're friendly with uh, Jack Shu mm -hmm. uh, from Tsunami, who usually handles the booking of the bands for these events. So he had my uh, other band play the event about two years ago, and th this past year, Feu started to get back together and do some shows so we talked about it internally as a band and when I approached him with the uh, suggestion of maybe having Feu get together here and do a show he was uh, pretty open to it. Great, sounds good. So could you tell our listeners a little bit about the Hello Town concert like of what you know what's going to be happening at the event and, and since you've attended the event before as a, of a member of a band in the past what would you tell our listeners about it? Um, well, it's a pretty cool event. It's a it's a mix of of music and night market, and in the past they've had uh, bands and they've also had some dancing, I believe. Um, some vocalists have performed, and then that's all done in conjunction with a Taiwan style night market where they have various uh, types of Taiwanese food available to uh, to enjoy, um, like. You know they'll have uh, you know typical night market stuff like the the Taiwan sausages or um, some different kinds of noodles and maybe some a type of a uh, chicken that you'd normally find in like the night market vendors. So it's a uh, it's it's pretty cool. Uh, I enjoyed having spent some time in Taiwan myself and missing it on occasion. It's uh, it's great for someone like me. Who, who misses that part of Taiwan, but it's also cool for people who have never been there to maybe come and experience a little bit of, of what Taiwan has to offer. Right, absolutely. It's, I think of it there's like a lot of food on sticks. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, could you tell me a little bit about Feiwu? Like, how did the group get formed? And I'm also wondering, where did the name of the band come from? Um, well, basically, uh, you know, probably dating myself by, by saying this, but back in the 90s, um, mid to late 90s. Uh, I was in Taiwan and I just recently finished up college and I was just over there getting out into the world, seeing different things. And um, we just kind of randomly met up through 
various friends of friends, and um, Bob and I, uh, Bob Shung, who's the bass player in Feiwu, played in a band very briefly called Smut, and then that kind of fell apart. Um, and around the same time, I had met the drummer Steve through some other musical friends. And when Smut had fell apart, uh, Bob and I talked about keeping the band going. And uh, Steve and I had got together kind of on a, a one-off jam session with some mutual friends and never really kept in touch. But then I ran into him one night randomly in Taipei, and he's like, oh you know, you're that guitar player. I'm like, oh, you're that drummer. <laughs> I said, hey, you know, it just turns out my band that I had uh, with Bob just fell apart. Uh, would you be interested in playing? And he said, yeah, of course. And then at around the same time, um, Ian, who sang and uh, who sings and plays guitar in Feu, before Bob and I had a band together, he had a band with Bob and he had left to go traveling. And so he was just coming back to Taiwan. I ran into Steve in a club and it all was just kind of very serendipitous and we were all at the same place at the same time. And so, um, you know, we all got together and started writing some songs and it was, uh, it was, yeah, kind of just fate a little bit the way it uh, the way it came together. And the name is really funny. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you're familiar about you know, with '90s music. There's a very uh, there was like a very self-effacing feel to to '90s music where you know they didn't take themselves very seriously and. Also, because the music, the music style in Taiwan at the time, there wasn't really a large um, spectrum of music that people were listening to mm -hmm. in the mainstream. You know, right. you had, you know, you had like your your boy and girl pop bands, like uh -huh. you know your your Insyncs and your Backstreet Boys, and then you had your pop vocalists, kind of like your, you know your Celine Dion's and your Mariah Carey's or whatever. And that was basically it. And we definitely weren't any of those things. Uh, we were <laughs> loud. And oh no, really. <laughs> yeah, like loud and, and aggressive, and so we, you know, we we basically just thought, well, you know, wow, when people when people see this band, they're just gonna think that like we're just kind of like really, you know, good for nothing, like <laughs> slackers, you know, however you want to, however you want to, <clears throat> however you want to translate it or whatever. So we decided to call the band that, but to try and do the band really well and try to do it to the best of our ability and kind of kind of reclaim the word. And, and, and turn it on its air in, in a sense. That's great. I love the story. Um, so how, you touched on it a little bit. How would you describe the band's sound then? Um, it's definitely uh, garage DIY. Um, it's the sound of the time. It it was really interesting. It was a really interesting time to to be part of that scene in Taiwan because we didn't really know it at the time. We were, there was there was nothing really pre-planned, but we kind of uh, tapped into the when we were getting the band together. It was a very interesting time and pivotal time at, in the Taiwan music scene in in its history because it was a time where uh, young kids were kind of just you know tired of the same old crap yeah poppy stuff, crap. Right? the same old music the lack of variety in mm -hmm, music mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. the, the you know that the labels and radio and and everything was putting out and they wanted something different and it uh, you know obviously we're not going to take all the credit there were there were other bands there at the time like groupie and ladybug and quarterback and mayday and we were all kind of just doing our own thing and it's like the you know the guys the people who who opened the clubs where we played 
you know, these little in underground clubs where we played, you know, Saturday afternoon matinees and then mm -hmm. Friday and Saturday nights. It's like they were friends of the bands or some of them were actually in bands and they were, you know, and this is like, it was this very self-contained scene. We didn't have the support of, you know, there was no college radio, mm -hmm. uh, record right. label, record labels, uh, weren't signing bands. <coughs> And, um, you know, so we really had to do everything ourselves. The internet was still in its infancy. There was no Facebook or YouTube or, oh, or anything yeah, like right. that to promote. Oh. So, mm -hmm. you know, what it was is, uh, you know, everybody had their day jobs and we worked and saved some money together. And, you know, we went and we found some guy to record our album, not because he knew what he was doing, because he's the only person we knew that had <laughs> equipment to do it. And, uh, you know, it's very rough sounding, it's very DIY, but I think it was, you could definitely hear the spirit of that early, the early stages of that music community in Taiwan in, in, in the 90s. Right, wow. So that being said, um, we're going to play a clip from one of your most popular singles, right? You want to introduce it? Sure. Um, so, you know, anybody who's been to Taiwan knows that their drink of choice of many, many uh, rock and roll minded people is the national staple beer called Taiwan beer. And, you know, being young and uh, very into rock and roll and music and having a good time, we thought that Taiwan beer was so great that it deserved a theme song and <laughs> kind of penned that theme song, a tribute to the to the one and only Taiwan Bear. Wonderful, thank you. So we're gonna play that clip for you. Thank you. 
You mentioned that you guys would write together. So are most of your songs are in Mandarin? Um, I would say it's about I'd say it's about half and half. Uh-huh. You know, if the inspiration came to us, uh, Ian Ian, who was singing in the band originally, was really adamant about writing in in Mandarin. Um, I think basically because, you know, the 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 kind of music we were we were we were putting out there for most kids, it was like, or for most people, you know, they'd never heard it before, and you know, it's like when you're trying to introduce something new into a culture or society. Um, you know the two the two main hurdles are you know language and and the culture right and you know if you can't overcome those hurdles then it's going to be hard for the audience or whoever you're trying to introduce it to to kind of digest it or understand it so we figured that you know the culture of rock and roll had a long history in America you know back from the 60s and you know Woodstock and uh, you know those classic rock bands rock rock and roll has a real a real deep rooted history in America but not so much in Taiwan right and so we figured if we were trying to introduce people to a new type of cult musical culture then it would probably the best thing to do would be to sing it in, in in Mandarin and that way you know at least the language barrier isn't a thing right yeah it's and more relatable people, you, know, you know once you're over the language <clears throat> barrier, then it's like okay that's not that's that's not there so then it's a matter of oh what's you know what's this new style of music you know that you're trying to introduce me to right what would you say are the band's like influences for like your sound or like um, you know the artists that have influenced you um, I would say it was uh, probably other other '90s bands, anywhere from from uh, you know U.S. indie rock like um, the Pixies and Superchunk mm-hmm. up to like um, you know kind of alt rock stuff like you know early Smashing Pumpkins and Lemonheads and that kind of stuff. So Great. you know, melod- something you know stuff that was melodic, mm-hmm. um, but you know had a good had a good driving beat to it. You know, right. And I'm curious, um, what was it that brought you to Taiwan? Um, how did you end up there, of all places? It's not really a place that people like think of some as a tourist destination or a place to visit. So I'm always curious to know, you know, people's stories of how they ended up there. Oh well, I actually the first time I went to Taiwan, I was uh, do a semester abroad in college because I was studying uh, Mandarin in school oh. and so uh, when I was in college I had met a friend uh, who was there studying Chinese with me who had actually been to Taiwan before he went to college and oh, so great. he told me when, when it came time to us to, to um, plan our you know junior semester abroad you know he's like Taiwan's so great you know it's mm-hmm. a real place you know we'll go and it'll be a great time we'll learn a lot and so that was the first time I went and I just enjoyed it so much and and really really had a great time and really saw that you know the, the little the the couple months that I spent over there I felt like that my Mandarin had really improved a lot so the following summer I convinced my parents instead of doing an internship somewhere here in the states to let me go back and keep studying. And wow. then after after college finished up, that same friend of mine ended up actually meeting and marrying a Taiwanese girl. And oh, the wow. wedding was after right after we uh-huh. graduated college. And so I came over, I came back over again just for the wedding. And the plan was to stay for you know the wedding and then maybe for a few months in the summer. Mm-hmm. 
and then figure out what I was going to do. And then at the end of the summer, I decided, well, I'll stay in Taiwan for a year and I'll teach English because uh -huh. you know I, I you know I didn't have a job straight out sure. of college because I was going there for the wedding. Right. And I was like, okay, let me let me stay here. I can teach English for a year, save up some money, and then move back and move to New York. And then one year turned into two years, and then I got a job at a record label out there, and then I got this band together, and I'm like, you know what? Life's pretty good here now. Like, I'm just gonna kind of go with it and see, see how it turns out and how long it goes for. And I ended, I ended up staying for eight years. Oh my goodness, good for you! Wow. Um, yeah, I actually um, also went back to Taiwan and taught English there. I, I thought I was going to be there one or two years, and I ended up there six. So, yeah, know, it has a way. It has a way of happening. <laughs> it sure does. <clears throat> so. Um, I also see that um, you guys formed in uh, 97, was it? Yeah, that's about yeah, 97. Yeah. And that it says on your Facebook page that you've played um, some shows and some festivals, but then you called it a day before recording and releasing album number three. So I'm on, there's a cliffhanger there. What happened? Why wasn't there an album number three? Ah, you know, the typical band breakup. Oh no, there's a band breakup story. Yeah, um, you know, just like I think, I think when you spend so much time together, I think. Well, I think uh, Ian was the first to leave, and actually, it was when Ian left, right? I think '99. I mean, he, you know, he, you know, we're all living uh, overseas. We're doing this thing; it's fun. But I think, you know, he had his this plan for his own life, and that involved moving back to the states. So he left in '99 after we recorded our second record, and we carried on as a three-piece for a little while but then you know we decided we needed that extra guitar so then uh joe joe huang mm -hmm. uh came on to to take over guitar duties and i kind of stepped in to do the to do the vocal duties and um you know we did that for a while it, it was it was good but i don't know i think things just run its course and you know there were arguments about you know way this this thing should be or that thing should be and you know it comes a certain point in time where you know it becomes it starts feeling like more of a chore than fun and when it gets to that point it's time to you know kind of walk away i think because right. it defeats the whole point right right okay well that's no but we're okay now we're fine <laughs> we're back together again even as a five piece this time we never it was the first we you know it had always been a four piece you know with ian leaving and then joe coming in it was, uh so now that now we're now we're a five piece and uh it's a lot of fun i've okay. enjoyed reconnecting with these guys and going over the old songs and playing them again um uh, the, the drummer Steve did mention to me the other day um, about you know doing an, a new album, and uh, I don't know. I you know I always have a bunch of songs uh, locked up in the vault mm -hmm. and uh, still have them. And uh, you know with the technology today, I think it's it's more possible now to to entertain the idea of doing a third record, even though we're all kind of spread out. Yeah. Uh, you know, with the with technology, being able to to move music files and recording mm. sessions back and forth, and with the ability to to release our stuff online and not really have to do a commitment to to a physical release, I'd say it's probably more possible now than at any point since you know we kind of broke up all those years ago. Right. Wow. So we'll see. Okay. Stay tuned. So, who are the four original members, and who are the five members now? 
Um, the original members were myself, um, Ian on on guitar and vocals, Bob Shung on bass, and Steve Tsai on drums. And then, uh, like I said, around '99, Ian moved back to the states, and then Joe Huang came over and played and, and took over guitar duties. So now it's the original four plus Joe. Mm-hmm. As, uh, for the five of us now. Right. And you and everybody else is in Taiwan then? Or? Uh, no, I'm in New York. Right. Uh, Ian and Bob are in Boston. Okay. And Steve and Joe are in Taiwan. Oh, okay. Wow. So um, Steve and Joe are coming over from Taiwan for the Hello Taiwan concert? Yes. Wow, that's great. So when's the last time that you guys have played together or seen each other then before um, this? It, uh, before it was actually in February. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, I was. There's a there's a club in uh, Taipei called Legacy. Yeah. And um, the owner of the the owner of the club was uh, this guy uh, Landy Landy Chang, uh-huh. who uh, was the used to be the 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 head of uh, an indie label uh, called Magic Stone Records. And they have like uh, Wu Bai and Zhang Zhenyue. Oh. Uh-huh. And, uh, Yang Naiwan and Lego mm-hmm. uh, and uh, they have all these mm-hmm. cool, these cool. Like, they were mm-hmm. definitely the coolest label, you know, back in the mm-hmm. day. And uh, you know, since the the record industry really revolutionized out there, it's really moved away from record companies and selling CDs into kind of production houses, artist management, tickets, merch, live shows, that kind of stuff. So um, this guy Landy, who used to run Magic Stone, who at one point was you know considering. Uh, no, doing a deal with our band for distribution for our records. He ended up, uh, you know, opening up this live house, this great live house in Taipei called Legacy, mm-hmm. and they did a, um, they kind of did a tribute series mm-hmm. to those first generation of uh, DIY independent musicians, uh, bands like uh, Temehao and Groupie and Quarterback mm-hmm. and Sticky Rice and mm-hmm. Ladybug, mm-hmm. all these bands. That were kind of out doing their thing back in the you know the early to mid 90s, right. and um, they did a series at, at this live venue called Yaogun Ji Shi, kind of just a tribute to that first generation of bands that started to revolutionize you know the the Taiwan music scene. And uh, they were out one night, and uh, our our name came up, and. Landy, you know, said, "Oh yeah, you know, whatever happened to Andrew? Where is he?" <laughs> friends was there, and she's like, "I know he's in New York. You know, he's working for Universal. Oh, you know, we should totally have them back and have them play." And so that kind of it kind of came about. I, I in my mind, I like to imagine it was around a table of weird <laughs> rock and roll types drinking Taiwan beer. Right, right, of course. And, and, our, name, and our name came up, and so they were nice enough to to invite us to come back and do the last show of that series oh, and us. How yeah, fun. so that took place. That took place in February, and we all uh, had a really great time and had a lot of fun. And I think it kind of, I think after all these years, I think it kind of uh, maybe rekindled a little fire to in the other guys in the band right. to you know to play music again. And we know things are different, and it's you know it'll never be a, you know a full time thing. It's it's more of a novelty thing, but we enjoy it and. Um, I, I know the, I know the other guys in the band enjoyed it a lot, and that's kind of what prompted us to try and get together and do this show in New York. 
Yeah. So you guys um, haven't, uh, like you in New York, haven't started another band, and, and the guys in Taipei haven't um, started anything else either. Is that what you're saying? Um, no, I, I have a, I have a, I've had another band here in New York. Oh, okay. And um, what's your other band uh, in New York? Uh, the other band is Coda Resistance. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, that actually is, it's kind of on hiatus right now as of a, a few weeks ago. So I'm starting up a little acoustic project okay. with uh, the bass player from that from that band, Walter. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so we're just working on some acoustic songs now. And um, I know Steve... Um, the drummer in Feu has actually done a few musical projects back in Taiwan. I know he all he plays with um, uh, a, a really well-respected uh, local artist back there called Ada, mm -hmm. and uh, their band I believe it's called Double X hmm. or Gang Gang X. Oh, okay. Their band. So he's okay. still he's still active. He's still active over there. And uh, but as far as the other guys, uh, you know Joe. And Ian and Bob, I don't think they really have any other musical things going on. So for them, this is this is this is really great, and uh, yeah. I'm sure they I'm sure they enjoy it a lot. Yeah. Now, do you have like a personal site where people can go to, to see your projects? So that you have this other band, Code of Resistance, and this acoustic project coming up. Like, if people are curious and they want to follow you or know what you're doing, do you have a uh, way for them to do that? Uh, yeah, so um, uh, it'll be um, facebook.com slash coder resistance for, for that project. And, you know, we'll have a link to, a, to an EP that we did. Um, I haven't really decided what I'm going to do or call the acoustic project yet. So I'm kind of doing it under the coder resistance umbrella. But we may or may not come up with another another name for that or maybe we'll keep it as code resistance I haven't really decided yet yeah. but whatever we do whatever we do decide I'll be sure to promote it through the code resistance Facebook page and so you can go and you can like us and get updates on what we're up to and the acoustic project just right now is just in the infancy stage mm -hmm. we're just mm -hmm. getting the songs together but uh, hopefully in the next couple months we'll have some stuff to put online for people to check out it's great great um, and so now you've been in New York for a while. Like, um, could you compare at all the music scene and, I guess, more specifically Taipei and New York? How would you compare them? Um, hmm, that's an interesting. I think that's question. A, probably a huge question. <laughs> I mean, I would say this one thing I've noticed is it, it's really it's kind of a subtle difference I'd say more now I would say that music the scenes are actually more alike uh -huh. than they were before and the reason they're more alike is because music doesn't make as much money as it used to mm. and when we were doing this in Taiwan back in the 90s we, nobody was making money we just did it because mm. we loved it okay. right and what that did is it's like you know nobody was making money off of it but you knew that the people you were playing with and the people that you were friends with, like nobody was in it for the wrong reasons. There was no fame, there was no money to be had. So you knew right. that everybody who was involved in the, the bands in that scene loved music just as much mm. as you did because they did it because there was no, other than the love of music, there was no other reward. Right. Time in the States, you know, back in the 90s, you know, you know, bands are selling like, you know, 10 million copies of a record and all of a sudden there's all this money and then there's all these, there's all these people involved and you never know why exactly they're involved. You know, are they in it just to make money or are they in it just for the fame or to try and get famous? And so 
now with you know the digital revolution and music basically being online for free and the music industry has really shrunk in terms of what, what the entire industry is value at it's, it's more like Taiwan was back in the 90s like there's really not a hmm. lot of people making a lot of money there's a lot of right. people involved so but you know if you know you walk down the streets of Brooklyn or you hang out with some of the bands here it's like none of these bands are really doing music you know to try and and be famous and make a lot of money i think people see that that's mm. the new the new music industry it's, mm -hmm. it's unless you're a mainstream pop artist that it's really people are in it because they love it because you know they're giving their music away for free and hoping to sell a t-shirt here or there mm -hmm. and you know it's weed it's weeded out a lot of the people who are in it for the wrong reasons to begin with and the people that are left over are really just people who just it's really creative and who just really love music and just do it for the sake of doing it for the love wow. of it, you know. Okay. Wow, great. So the last time you were in Taiwan was in February, right? Mm-hmm. What do you miss the most about Taiwan? <sighs> I would have to say the food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would have to say the food. It's just really, it's a, it is a, a culinary utopia over there. Yeah. It really is like it's, mm -hmm. there's nothing like it. You know, sure, living here, like having lived there and living over here, you can, you can get close to some spots like here, like if you're in the Flushing area, you, you know, so you know a couple spots here and there that come close, but, you know, there's nothing like the real thing. Oh, so speaking of that, I'm not, I live in Manhattan, so I don't know that much. Like, what, what are some of your recommendations in Flushing, like for some good authentic Taiwanese food? You know, it changes all the time, and um, there was one restaurant that a friend of mine recommended called Gu Xiang. Mm -hmm. or something uh, and then a friend of mine said no 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 there's one that's even better so I have to hit I can't remember what it is so I have to hit him up I have, I'm always constantly texting and Facebooking my friends I'm like well, what's that what's that spot you were telling me about is it a new spot where is it what's the name again so, you guys could uh, start a group I'm sure there's yeah. a group of people who would like to share like where's the best spot to you know get uh, you know get Taiwanese night market, night market food or whatever I will, I will say this though uh even though it's not purely Taiwanese, the, the food court in the bottom yeah. of the, the mall there, you know, the bottom floor that has all those different kind of food stalls. Yeah, the what, what's the mall in the Flushing, yeah. Yeah, I can't mm. remember. I can't remember the name. What the name of the mall yeah, is called, but it's yeah. right there, like Main Street, and like Zafella, right. right there. Right. So yeah, the ba that's a good place to start. You know, if you're really not sure, we have to have lots of great selection, and it's pretty authentic. So uh, I always try to I always try to hit up I always try to hit that place up you know every now and then. Yeah. So what's your favorite uh, Taiwan night market food? Ooh, favorite Taiwan night market food. I don't. I, that's like trying. That's like trying. To, <laughs> what's your favorite song that you've heard? <laughs> I love it all. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I'd say uh, maybe uh, the. Is it Sharon Jin? Um, you know your Chinese is actually better than mine. So what is that? Uh, the Sharon is like you know what the the oyster you know the oa jin oh oh oa jin it's like much but, I, I, right, right, <laughs> yes. but I but I don't like I don't like the the clam so much the oyster okay. so much I like it with shrimp the shrimp, yeah. shrimp omelet. Interesting. That's a pretty classic. Mm. That's a pretty. Uh, that's a pretty classic uh, night market food. Yeah. Or the da da chang bao xiao chang. The uh, the sausage with yes. sausage. Yes. Yes. Oh. yes. So that's <laughs> that's that, those are cool. Those are just, those are a couple of my favorites. Yeah. yeah. 
And speaking of that, hopefully um, people who are planning to come to the Hello Taiwan concert will have a chance to taste some of these things. Um, I'm really excited about the Hello Taiwan concert because it's the fourth year and every year I see, you know, it's growing so much. And this year they have a special guest performer, the Filipino-American rapper Izzy, um, yes. which is very appropriate since they're um, raising funds for the Typhoon Haiyan victims in the Philippines. And then they're also having the, um, the event's going to be hosted by Ben Hedges, a uh, journalist producer of the TV show Lao Wan Zongko. Yeah, your accent is probably better than mine. No, so I'm really curious to see him in action as well. Oh, actually, would you like to mention uh, Fei Wu's Facebook page or website for people that are curious? Uh, yeah, sure. The same thing. It's uh, facebook.com slash Fei Wu Band. That's F-E-I-W-U B-A-N-D. Okay, and you guys have a website? Uh, yeah, the website is actually shung.net, uh, which is H-S-I-U-N-G dot net slash Feiwu, F-E-I-W-U. But uh, I think our um, our Facebook page is actually more current. So if you go there, that'll have all of the, the new updates and video clips from our shows at Legacy in February and uh, where we update everybody on all the goings-ons because everybody's connected through Facebook. <laughs> Right, right, great. Um, and if anyone wants to know about Hello Taiwan, um, you, they can go to the Hello Taiwan USA page and then the Hello Taiwan concert is on there, I believe. Um, so yeah, thank you so much, Andrew. Is there anything else you'd like to say about um, Hello Taiwan or about Feiwu or anything you'd like to say to the listeners before you leave? Uh, no, I'd just like to say... Um, Thank you to uh, Diana and Chris from Asia in New York and to Jack Shu from uh, Teco and Nyoya Taika and the people at the Taiwan Center in Flushing for putting on this event and helping to make it the, the great event that it is and how and it gets better every year. And uh, we'd just like to invite everybody to come down. Uh, entry into the event is free between 6 and 7, so... Get there early, get in for free, get your space close to the stage, get lots of food, and uh, after I think after seven it's about ten bucks to get in. So it's definitely an early bird special, and anybody who likes good food and good music, I hope to see you there on Saturday. Okay, great. Thank you so much, Andrew. Um, I'm Felicia Lin, the host of Talking Taiwan, and we hope to have you next time. Thanks. Great, thank you. I've been speaking with Andrew Watson about the fourth annual Hello Taiwan concert at the Taiwan Center. To learn more about Hello Taiwan, visit www.hellotaiwan.us. And to learn more about Andrew's band, Feiwu, visit www.com forward slash Feiwu band, F-E-I-W-U band, or www.hsiung.net forward slash Feiwu. Thank you for listening to another episode of Talking Taiwan. I'm your host, Felicia Lin. Talking Taiwan is brought to you by Forumosa.com.